0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Guys, welcome to on my Block Packers podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wall. Thank you for watching. If you're enjoying this, hit the subscribe button on the uh, process to perform. YouTube channel, you can check me out at MikeWall68 Processed on Twitter, processed to perform on Instagram. Listen, happy Tampering Monday. Happy Tampering Monday. NFL, a couple years ago, decided that we need to erase the idea that NFL teams and, and players don't tamper. So we're going to put in Tampering Monday, which means for the next 48 hours, before they can actually officially sign on Wednesday, teams can get with players officially. Get them on visits, agree to contracts, announce the contracts, and then go on about their business, move on to the next person, and then officially announce the, the signing or sign the actual contract, I believe, on Wednesday. So they get 48 hours of tampering, official tampering, legal tampering, whatever we want to call it. Sounds dirty. Feels so good, though. Feels so good. Uh, Bet online. Let's go betonline.ag. Thank you to our sponsors for, for uh, sponsoring the show. Basketball is back at Bet Online got March madness coming up really yet. but let's just start with this. I'm not filling out a bracket anymore. I have no idea what's going on. Alabama's like a top team in the league. I don't even know what happened. I don't remember Alabama even having a basketball team years ago, but The tournament's back. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all states sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, easiest way to bet. All your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, esports, or even golf. So head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use your promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-A-A-V, to receive rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, let's think about it this way. Let's think about this season because the Packers, listen, the, the, the real news of the day is it hit noon East, noon Central, Tampering started. Aaron Rodgers still hasn't decided whether he's going to be a Jet or a Packer. Now the Jets and the Packers say the deal is essentially done. It's just depending on what Aaron wants to do. He's officially he's officially holding the team hostage, however you want to look at it. Because you know, bottom line, let's well, the first let's talk philosophically. I believe that if you're a team that thinks you're a handful of players away, which I've stated already, I think with Aaron Rodgers, the Packers are probably three players away from being. A contender in the NFC meeting that they can go in and play and have a chance to beat the Philadelphia Eagles or the San Francisco Fighting, who are right now on, on top of the heap as far as the NFC goes when you get to the Super Bowl. Who knows? But I think they're three players away. When you go into free agency knowing that you're a couple of players away, you have to make a decision. And this isn't what I have been mean, the Packers strong suit or something they've done. Really, you think about the big trades they've had or the big moves they've made for guys like Reggie White all the way, you know, way back when. But they're not big players in free agency. They never have been. Goody doesn't believe that. We're a drafting, developed team. We bring in kind of backfill players that hopefully turn out to be something. Keyshawn Nixon obviously being all pro this year. Uh, Devinder Campbell being all pro last year. And you start with Sewell Douglas last year for practice squad. And, and be able to fill in and, and play at a, at, a, at a high level. If you're a high priced free agent. And you don't know whether Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the team. And I'm not saying that Goody was going to be a big player in free agency, but if he was, and now you're looking at this like, is Aaron Rodgers going to be my quarterback? Because a lot of people just want to, for some free agents, they're going to go wherever the money takes. Some guys are like, look, I don't care. I just want to get paid. I I play the game to get paid. I don't care about the championships. I don't care about all this other stuff. I want to get paid. But for a lot of these guys, they realize, even if that's true, you've got a much better chance of making all pro making pro bowls, being, you know, being relevant. If you're playing with a hall of fame quarterback versus if you're playing with a guy who's started for the first time after three years in the national football league. So the Packers have about $20 million in cap space. Now they could move around some contracts. I think in particular, uh, divider Cameron, Russell Douglas, they could turn some, some current salary into signing bonuses, They could restructure JRJ, who's got a couple million bucks um, against the cap this year. And they could save another 7 to $10 million. Now, that's not understanding what the implications of Aaron Rodgers' contract. If Aaron Rodgers leaves or stays or retires, that could be a swing from another $10 million on the cap to he could be up to $20 million off the cap if he ended up retiring, which I don't think anybody thinks he will, but that could happen this this felt like d-day everybody if you go on Packer's Twitter this feels like it should have been this should have been decided it should be d day and we're here and there's no information but i wanted to do this just as a fun exercise because i think it's relevant i think we should go take 20 million dollars and again i think we should look, be looking for premium players right now and not worry about trying to backfill the roster if you're a draft and developed team you can pick up guys for a million dollars you a million dollars there but let's find some value because I don't think this free agency period given what we need as 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 a team I don't know if they have the best options or somebody you're willing to like break the bank on so with that said let's take twenty million dollars twenty five million dollars and see what we can buy in this first early stage of free agency so I went through this. For the first time, really, I went through when I re signed with Green Bay, but I went out to, I was kind of the first wave of free agency, went out to the San Francisco 49ers, wind and dined there, and then came back and, and ended up my agent actually on a plane back. My agent ended up signing a deal with or getting a, a contract with Green Bay, but then I did this again with Carolina. And so, this first wave of players that you're going to get is going to be the guys they're going to over uh, traditionally, you're going to see people overpay for. I think the priority on this team, whether it's through draft or free agency, we can talk about that a little bit, is going to be, in no particular order, tight end, receiver, safety, edge, and I think right tackle. I think right tackle. I mean, we could bring in a rookie right tackle. Maybe we can develop a guy. Maybe there's a guy that we don't know about. And it's not that Yash hasn't played well. But I I just feel like if you really want to take the next step, you got to start looking at this like you need a big-time either right tackle – Josh Myers has to step and play better center. We need another guy. I'm talking about a big space eater intimidator. We don't have an intimidator on this team. So who's going to be the intimidator? Eldon Jenkins, probably after another year back. But so let's get into it. $20, $25 million. We got $20 million out of their cap right now. Let's 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 hope that we have $20, $25 million. They make a couple moves. Out of day one or day two, let's call it first or second tier free agents. Is there anybody, is there any place that we can go and pick a guy up? I want to start with the tight end position. So I think there's kind of three options at the tight end position. And people are going to talk about, well, Mike Giusecki's out there. Mike Giusecki's not a guy that you want on your team. Not that he's a bad kid. Mike Giusecki is one of the least physical players I've ever seen play football, okay, at the tight end position. So you want a guy to do it that, that is willing to mix it up in the running game. We talked about this at nauseum with uh, Tunyon. Tunyon's actually like number four or five ranked tight end in the free agent market. So bringing back Robert Tunyon, assuming that he wanted to come back and doesn't want to just go somewhere and find some more money, isn't really a bad idea because he's kind of going that way as trying to become a complete tight end and le- learning from guys like Mercedes Lewis. And he's a guy I think over the course of the next year to three years, he could really be an impact player in the running pass game. But let's say we want to go out. Let's say he doesn't want to come back. So we got three guys I really want to look at. The first one is Hayden Hurst. Obviously, he's had a lot of success the last two years with the Cincinnati Bagels, had some injuries. He's going to command around $7 million a year. So when you think about $7 million a year, doesn't really sound that expensive for a tight end. Is this an absolute premium? Um, Is he a premium player? Not right now. But is he an upgrade from anything we have, in my opinion? Yes, he is. He can play run and pass game. He, he'll mix it up physically. He's not a physical player, but he'll mix it up physically. He's obviously good in the, in the passing game. He's a veteran presence. He can learn the offense quick. This is the big thing about tight end, regardless of, especially if you if Rodgers comes back. Because if, if Love comes back, the offense is going to go whittle down. It's going to be very simplistic. They're not going to have all the hand signals and this and all the other stuff. If they don't, if they bring it, if they, if, if Aaron Rodgers decides to come back, they need a guy who can play now, that can learn the offense now, that operates at a very sophisticated NFL level now. And we don't, we don't have that on the roster. Therefore, we need to go find that Hayden Hurst, $7 million. The other guy, Austin Hooper, Tennessee Titans, he's going to cost around $7 million as well. Austin Hooper had actually a good game against us, but Austin's another guy who has had some success in this league has bounced around to a couple teams now, is a veteran player that can understand how the NFL works, how the NFL offenses work, how to treat himself during the offseason, prepare the body to play at a high level during the season. He can pick up all the information, if it's Aaron Rodgers in particular, with the, all the hand signals, all the nuances of the offense. He'll be able to pick that up quickly. We could, He's a plug-and-play player. So you've got Hayden Hurst and Austin Hooper. My my pick of those two would be Austin Hooper because I think he's a plug and play uh, a little bit more of a plug and play right now. Again, about $7 million a year. Here's where I again, if I'm if I'm really looking at this and I want to make a splash, not a splash, but I really think we're a couple players away. And I want to make this work. Dalton Schultz didn't get picked up. He didn't get franchised. And Dalton Schultz is going to get overpaid by some teams, So this is pie in the sky. But if Aaron Rodgers, if, if Aaron could guarantee he, he was here for another two years, and they just said to Dalton Schultz, hey, listen, Dalton, you came back this year. You had an injury last year. You played well. You had good receiving numbers. I We said this in, in our Cowboys matchup preview. Dalton Schultz is the linchpin to that offense. Dalton Schultz and the tight ends are the linchpin to the Dallas offense. When Dalton Schultz does well, the Cowboys do well. He's a run game player. He He's a fast, he's ridiculously smart. He's effective in running routes. He can make any catch. He's got a great radius. He's physical. I love everything about this guy, okay? He's not my ideal tight end. In other words, I think there's a handful of guys. I think the top three guys in the draft are going to be maybe have have the potential with the right coaching to be better, longer-term players than Dalton Schultz, maybe. But he's a proven commodity right now. I love him. I love the way he plays. He's going to cost you $15 million. $15 million for a tight end is a lot of money to spend, especially for a guy who's not necessarily a Kyle Pitts-like talent, even though I know they play two different re- – in reality, they play two different positions. But if the number one thing on the offense it, along – if you look at the offense right now, given the, the guys that stepped up from the receiving core last year, the number one thing you could use is a tight end that can stretch the field and be effective in the run game, a guy that can play all three or four nows. Dalton Schultz could do that for you. Dalton Schultz could literally be the missing piece, red zone target, all the things that you want when you're looking at an Aaron Rodgers-led, and we don't know an Aaron Rodgers-led offense. Dalton Schultz at 15 million dollars a year, I would spend them. I would just go out and I'd I'd cast the rock. Let's see if we can get him. I know a lot of people are going to say that's crazy. I, to me, he's the missing, he's a missing piece or the missing piece on offense that you're that would really change the game for this offense, change the way that Matt Lafleur can call the plays. Changes the way that Aaron Rodgers sees the field. Changes the way the defense views the, views this Packers offense. It's going to open up everything because you have a guy that can be in there all, all day long, can run block, can pass block, can do the split flow action, can do play action pass, all of it. He's a really, really good player. So I would take Dalton Schultz. That wipes out damn near all of our salary cap. But that's what I would do. I don't think they're going to get him. I don't think they're even going to try because they will. someone's going to overpay for him. But I would look for it. Let's go outside a little bit and look at the wide receiver position. Let's start with this. Alan Lazard's ranked third on on most lists, somewhere between second and fourth. There is not a really great high-priced receiver unless you you can count OBJ. OBJ said today he wants $20 million a year. I don't think that's going to work out for, for the Packers. But Alan Lazard, he's like third or fourth on this list, guys. So who are you looking above him guys? You're probably not going to pick up. I don't think uh, that new England Patriots receiver is going to leave new England. Um, I'm not going after Juju Smith Schuster. No way. I know he just won a super bowl. Uh, If it's Lazard or Schuster, I think Schuster had a good year. He, he comes off as a guy that the money could change him a little bit. Paris Campbell, 26 years old, had a great year for the Colts. Now, if you look online, Paris Campbell is only going to command a couple million bucks. I can't believe that's true, but it says Cam- Paris Campbell is going to get between two and a half, four million dollars a year. I don't, I, there's no way that's true. But if the, the market is around two and a half to four, I'll overpay for him. I'll overpay for Paris Campbell. McCauley Hardman, Chiefs guy, 25 years old, he's going to cost around 10 and a half, 11 million dollars a year. From a speed standpoint, when he's healthy, putting him, pairing him, with uh with Watson right now, sounds like a really, really good lineup. Gives you a lot of options. You're gonna use every blade of glass. Okay, you can run again. What we're talking about is exp- being able to expand the offense. You have to have a power, you have to make some kind of power move. You have to either bring in a tight end that can stretch the field and do everything, stay on the field the entire time, or you have to bring in a receiver that can that is going to be a complement to number to Christian Watson. And I'm not saying that Romeo Dobbs isn't going to be a Samari not going to be. I'm just saying from a, a purely a speed threatening standpoint, now you've got two guys that can absolutely burn. So he's going to cost 10 and a half million. So maybe if you don't go after Schultz, you think it, McCauley Harbin's a pretty good pickup and he's had injury problems. He's shown that he can play. He just want to, you know, he world champion. So you're bringing that pedigree into the, into the locker room, which is not a bad thing at all probably put a premium on because of that. But I have to be honest with you, when I look across the, the breadth and the width of the wide receiver class, I would just bring back Alan Lazard. He's not going to be your number one. Christian Watson's going to be your number one. But Alan Lazard does it all in the run game. He does it all in the pass game. As long as you accept what his role is going to be, and he might not want that. He might go somewhere else and say, listen, I got to be a number one. I don't want to put all this grunt work in anymore. I want to, I, you know, I, I can get $12.5 million a year somewhere else. I'm not coming back here for anything less. I respect the hell out of that because he's put in his time, he works, he deserves a contract he should get. I'd love to be able to bring him back. I'd love to be able to bring him back and just to say, hey, listen, you're going to be our Z. We're going to put you in motion a lot. We're going to put you in the run game still. There's just so much you're able to do with Alan Lazar that you can't do with other receivers because of the effect he has in the run game. He's a five-tool player. You're at as many five-tool players as you can get. I think they they got to put a premium on those guys for sure. So I'd keep Lazard. I'd keep Lazard if we could. I think it's probably too late. Usually what happens is for fans out there who don't who don't uh, see this, we'll talk about another player here soon. If you've got a guy that you even think he's going to command a premium free agency and you can lock him up November, December, you lock him up. You do not let him get to December or January because the minute the whistle blows in the final game, his agent saying, we're going to test it no matter what. No matter what they offer you, we're going to test the market now. No matter what they offer you, we're going to test the market now. It's too it's too big a, a premium on, on on good players in free agency with the cap going up next year. Let's switch to the defensive side. Safety is a position. Adrian Amos is not going to come back. I think he's 31 years old or 29 years old. I can't remember. He's again. Uh, he's a top five free agent because he's he has experience in this league. He's been a good player. He's a leader on this team. He's not going to come back here. We don't know what they're going to do with Darnell Savage. He's a former first round pick. Are they going to put him in the slot? Are they going to put him back at safety? I doubt it. They have some dynamic, some some uh, dynamics issues. I think now because you got Stokes coming back. You got a couple of players that you need to resign. What are they going to do with the safety position? They there's a, there's some good, not great draft picks. We pre- we previewed some safeties in the, uh, in the in the NFL draft. Everybody ran poorly. Now there's another story that goes along with with the the uh, recording of the forty times at the combine being off, but the times that the safeties ran dropped them down from an athletic score. A standpoint, which we know Goody's really into relative athletic score, dropped them down pretty significantly. And so that's an issue that you have to look at. Now you have proven commodities. Let's talk about Number one, These are my three. Okay. Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer is 31 years old. Jordan Poyer is a proven commodity, all pro level player for the, the Buffalo Bills. He's probably got two or three good years left at 31 years old. Probably got two or three good years left realistically when you sign a big time free agent you're looking at three years because what's going to happen is they're going to sign a big deal the next year you're going to ask them to tur- to uh, to turn their their uh their salary into a roster bonus to prorate further down the road and all you're doing is building up that pile so after year three to year four year five that salary is going to be so exorbitant the cap hit that you're going to take is going to be so high that saying Jordan Poirier has two or three good years left, that's all you're going to get him for. You're going to release him after his third year, more than likely. He's going to be 34 years old. He's going to be his cap number. Jordan Poirier, if you sign him for $11.5 million a year now, his cap number in three years will be $20 million. And you're not you're going to either, you want to resign for like six or you want to resign for another 11, but something's going to give right there. Okay. They're going to prorate it out to year seven or something. So I would take Jordan Poirier right now. I would take Jordan Poirier right? If he, hey, I want to be a Green Bay Packer, come on down. Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates is probably the premium guy, Cincinnati Bengals, All-Pro, a number of really good years. Again, we're talking about guys that are used to winning right now. They haven't won championships, but all the guys we're talking about, Jordan Porter, Jesse Bates, they are good players on winning programs. They're bringing that into the locker room. Green Bay had a back year this year. They were 13-3 the last three years. But they haven't done anything in the playoffs. These teams have had a little more success. Jesse Bates is going to command probably 14.5 million a year. People are going to overpay for him. I would not overpay for him. He's a great player. I wouldn't overpay for him because that's exactly I mean, that's exactly what you're going to do. You're going to wipe yourself out. And I I just think at the safety position, if you look at Jesse Bates' running mate, Von Bell, who's going to get 10? million a year, 28 years old, can tackle. I mean, like, what are we missing? A guy who can tackle. What does Von Bell do really well? We saw it in in the playoffs. He can tackle really well. Bring in Von Bell for $10 million a year. Again, we're not going to be able to get all these guys, but if we just start, if we're going to swing big bats, because I think if you bring in, here's the way the National Football League works now. You've got a bunch of uh, of ditch diggers, right? And they're high-priced ditch diggers. They're specialists. I'm not uh, – you're not putting them down. I, listen, I was a guard, okay? But if you bring in a guy who's really, really good at his position, it is a difference maker at any position across the board. I'm talking about, you know, X receiver, left tackle all the way down, right tackle all the way out to the Z. You bring in a really quality guy, they're going to be a game changer. We saw it last year with Brandon Scherf going to Jacksonville. He was a game changer, even though he plays right guard. He's a game changer on that line. So if you bring in a safety who can tackle really well and you add that dimension, that physical dimension, that physical component, that locker room presence, $10.5 million, $11 million a year, man, if you can get hit him, go get him now. Now I wouldn't leave Cincinnati if I was Von Bell. They got a good thing going. Lou Arum, uh, the only thing being Lewin Aruma might get a head coaching job. He deserves it. He should at least get interviews next year. I'd go get that guy right now. Von Bell, if you're not in Green Bay right now, it's too bad. In fact, of all the guys I'm talking about right now, Feinbell would probably be the first guy I'd go try to pick up. I, With the secondary we have, you just got to look at You got first-round picks everywhere, right? Jerry Alexander, all pro, talent. And, you know, I give Jerry Alexander because he's he does a lot of kind of look at me, look at me, look at me stuff. Listen, he's a different cat. I was around Minka Fitzpatrick when he was young. He's a different cat. You're around, you're around some of these young – These guys are good. They're difference makers. They're they're the players I'm talking about. you got to have a couple of those guys. The more of those guys you can get, it's like Jalen Ramsey had a bad year last year. Miami Dolphins just said, I don't care. Dude, it's Jalen Ramsey. He's going to get in fights during Proud. Who cares? It's Jalen Ramsey. Those guys make an enormous difference in your locker room. The demeanor of that secondary will be completely different you bring Von Bill in. Because he's a badass. And he sticks. Right? It's like hit stick and talk. You know what? That's what he does. Here's the last position I wanted to talk about today. Edge rusher. Now, there's a caveat to this. Because we know that we have a premium edge rusher in Rashawn Gary, who right now is coming back off of injury. But I don't think he's going to be 100% by the year. Okay. Just got Brandy Lewis just said Sam Shields was a guy like that, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe. I think Von Bell's an upgrade, but I I can't argue with that. Rashawn Gary is a he's a guy that I think can be a contender for defensive player of the year. He's that kind of talent. He has that kind of work ethic. He's that kind of demeanor. I love he's a he's exactly what you want in a Green Bay Packer. But he blew his ACL and you just don't know how they come back. You don't know what the timeline looks like. Preston Smith, everybody's down on Preston. Preston Smith could have been the MVP on the defense last year. Like you can look at all your PFF nonsense data, non-contextual BS. That dude balled out last year. He's a run playing defense, outside linebacker defensive end, who can get pressure on the quarterback. He's not going to be a big sack guy. He's great. He's not good against the run. He's great against the run. He shuts down the a side, a side of the field against the run. He gets consistent pressure on, on, Good offensive tackles in this league on the quarterback. He's not going to put up huge numbers. He's a four-down player. But they need another guy. Obviously drafted drafted Anabari last year. Anabari is going to be a situational player for the rest of his career unless he puts on 20 pounds. It's just – that's what it is. It's hard for a guy his size to play all the time. So there's a handful of guys at the edge position where I think you bring him in, And listen, all these guys are going to be like, I want to be starters. I want to be starter, okay? You're going to be a starter week one for sure because I don't think Rashawn Gary is going to be ready. But when you think about the defensive end position, you could play three defensive ends in nickel. You could certainly move Rashawn Gary inside. You could play three defensive ends in nickel, and you rotate, especially with Preston Smith. Dude, first thing, he could turn him into a first, second down player for part of the time. But you need three. You need three dogs, okay? So, I'm going to put this out there. First, uh, and I used to watch this guy with the Texans. He went to the Niners last year, Charles uh, Omenihu. He's probably looking to start. Now, here's the big thing that you need to understand about Charles. Charles went from the Texans' fifth-round draft pick. He went to the Niners. The Niners' defensive line coach, Chris Kurasek, I know Chris Kurasek from Miami. He is one of the best, if not the best, defensive line coaches in the game right now. So when you put a guy in that situation, he's going to outperform. Because, I mean, coaches make a difference in certain positions more than others. Offensive defensive line, they make an enormous difference. And that dude is legit. That is a great – he's not a good coach. He is a great coach. He's the. He might be the best defensive line coach in the league. So when you have a guy that's there, and now he wants to start, he's 25 years old, he's young. He, this. He's going to get paid. Someone's going to pay him to start. If you take him off the San Francisco 49ers, you put him on somewhere else, does he dip down? Because he doesn't have that coaching anymore. Because he's not necessarily a proven commodity outside of that. In other words, he had like this good year with this team. I'd stay there if I was him. He's probably, I don't know how much he's going to, he's probably $10 million a year guy. Okay. Yannick Ngakwe. He was just with the Colts. He was with the Raiders before. He's a pass rush specialist. This is... Kind of the frame you're thinking about. Let's bring a guy who doesn't even want to play on first and second down. Pass rush specialist. Now he's a guy that's had double-digit sacks year in and year out. He's going to cost you a lot of money, and for that reason, like 14 and a half, 15 million dollars a year, because sacks are at premium, right? Sacks, pressures, turnovers, those are premium numbers. Those up your ante, right? So cornerback, defensive end, or edge rusher, tackle, and quarterback. Those are the four things you build your team around. We've got back Tiari. We don't know about Rodgers or Love. We've got J.R. Alexander. We've got Rashawn Gary, but you can back it up with a guy like this, Yannick Nugakwe, who was happy to come down in third down. Hey, I'll play third down. He might take a little bit less to go with a team like this where he knows exactly what his role is. He doesn't have to mess around on first and second down because he's not a big guy, but he can rush the passer at a high, high level. He can give you 10 sacks. Difference maker for sure. He's going to get paid. He might get overpaid somewhere else. Here's the guy that I... Have been watching for a number of years and i cannot tell you how valuable this guy could be for the green bay packers arden key is a backup for the jacksonville jaguars because they they have josh allen and they just drive, drafted trayvon walker arden key is a baller he played three games he started three games last year because of injury this guy i'm telling you you put this guy in a full-time role he's a double-digit sack guy he's going to cost 11 million dollars a year but, again, you need guys that are going to make a huge impact. And you can't just hope that, like, you bring in a, a Devondre Campbell who was fourth, fifth-year guy just hanging around, all of a sudden has this great year, then and then kind of pulls back. Rasul Douglas, practice squad guy, has a bunch of turnovers, kind of pulls back a little bit. Not that they're not good players still, but they didn't have the same 2022 after they got paid as they did in 2021. Fact of life, man. It just happens. Maybe they'll bounce back this year and have all pro years again we'll see, or Devondra Campbell, we'll see. This is a guy who's hungry. He believes he's the man. He wants to get paid and he wants to earn his paycheck. This guy works. Those guys down at the the Jacksonville Jaguars defensive ends led by Josh Allen, this guy has a work ethic. You can plug this guy in. He's going to be a 10-sack guy. He can absolutely be a 10-sack guy. So I take Arden Key out of those three. So if we're looking at it, Who can we talk to? You talk to all these agents. Dalton Schultz, man, we'll overpay for you, but you got to come in right now and sign the deal. Lazard, do you want to come back? If not, are we cool? Like trying to get Paris Campbell at a discount, overpay for a guy who's not going to get paid a lot. Can we bring in Von Bell? Probably number one. First phone call, Von. You you want to come to Green Bay? What do you want? We need you, right? NFC's easier than the AFC. You want to come to Green Bay? Arden Key, do you want to come to Green Bay? We can't guarantee you a starting spot. You're gonna, but we can guarantee you're gonna get you're gonna get sacks, you're gonna get reps. Probably not gonna happen, right? Just just talking through it. He's gonna want to Hey, I'm the number one guy, period. Okay. Now let's talk about right tackle, which I don't know that we're gonna necessarily want. In other words, I don't know if the Packers are gonna go after because they've done such a good job developing offensive lineman over the last 20, 25 years. I think right tackle is a priority. There's a couple guys that I would go sign. There's a couple guys I wouldn't touch. Mike McGlinchke was a top 10 pick. He's going to get overpaid. He's a right tackle for the 49ers. He's on a great offense. I I just, he's, I would, I would not pick him up. He's going to make over 14, $15 million a year. And I'm happy for him. He's a, seems like a, he seems like a, he's a good player, not a great player. He's not going to be a difference maker on this team. Jawan Taylor is a dude that until this year, you probably didn't know who he was. He was the guy that was the subject of a lot of scrutiny because he looks like he's jumping off sides. When you put watch to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jaguars. he's the right tackle. He has played at a really high level this year. He's a guy that would be a definite upgrade from what anybody we have on this roster. I don't know. He's probably going to cost again, tackles. You, you pay for tackles and we pay for bacteria. So they might not, just say, I don't want to bring this guy in, okay? But I would pay for Jawan Taylor. I'd pay for Jawan Taylor because I just think it's an invaluable part of the of the offense. Caleb McCrary for the Falcons is going to make $17 six, $18 million a year. Not $17 18, but probably $16 million, $17 million a year as a first-round draft pick. Chris Lindstrom, by the way, congratulations. <laughs> just got a bag from the Falcons. Highest-paid guard in history. That doesn't mean he's the best guard in the league. That means the market timed up perfectly, but he is a pro bowl player. He'll be an all pro. He'll be a pro bowl player for years to come. I did a show on him block party best at the basics. He is phenomenal. He's box office. He's the reason they're getting rid of McGarry McCre- M- uh, because Caleb's just, he just, they draft him both in the first round the same year. Chris Lindstrom has ascended to a higher level. They're going to get rid of their right tackle because they couldn't play both pay both. This guy again is a good player. Not great. I wouldn't, for the Green Bay Packers, I just keep Josh over over trying to overpay for this guy. Here's the guy. Honest to God, I don't know what Billy Turner costs. I don't think I and I've argued with people with this. We should have never gotten rid of him. We made a huge mistake getting rid of Billy Turner going to the Broncos last year. Should have kept him. I think that proved out during the season. And I'd see if you want to come back. Again, the problem with all of this conversation is that one, the Packers don't spend a lot of uh, money in free agency. And two, we have no idea who the quarterback's going to be. We have no idea what the cap's going to look like. We have no idea what the compensation for Aaron Rodgers is, where we're going to get more extra draft picks. Are they going to trade anybody else with him? We don't know if that means Mercedes Lewis is going there, Alan Lazard is going there. Is anybody else that's a that we could have potentially signed back going to the jets to be green bay green bay east east coast afc green bay whatever you want to call it so there is a lot of questions that are left unanswered because we're still in this situation again where we got to worry about who our quarterback's going to be on tampering monday the, should be the happiest day of the year tampering monday right it's like your birthday halloween thanksgiving christmas tampering monday and we can't figure out who our quarterback is. But I think, honestly, given everything that's happening, if I'm one of these free agents, I'm, I'm not even probably picking up a phone to call from, from the Packers because I don't know who the quarterback is. And if Jordan loves the quarterback and the Packers don't overpay for a right tackle, they're not going to overpay for Arden Key. They're, they, maybe they'll overpay for Von Bell. And maybe they'll overpay for Paris Campbell because he's a wide receiver who's only get, expected to get $2.5 million a year. I can't believe that's right. That number's got to be wrong. But even if it's $8 million a year, you just go, okay, maybe I'll take him. Because he had a good year. It's a bright spot for the Colts last year. And a team, quite frankly, they're playing with Matt Ryan last year for half the season. I don't think they get any of these guys. And because of that, the at the develop Green Bay Packers, Goody, is is he going to show out? I don't know. We could absolutely pick up a right tackle in the draft. There are a handful of guys. People say the draft is tackle heavy. You know, but they also said the draft, you know, there's going to be some guys in the fourth and the fifth round that show up. Okay. At the, at the guard, at the center, and the, and the right tackle position in this draft. There's going to be a safety you don't expect to be good that's going to be really good. But I don't think that when you look at day one picks, given where the Packers are drafting as of right now, given the positions that they need as of right now, the tight end makes the most sense, and I think it's the kid from Notre Dame. But let's be honest. It only makes sense if Jordan loves the quarterback. Because all of a sudden the offense gets a lot simpler, and we're getting back to the basics, which is probably what we need to do. So if that's the case, go pick up the kid from Notre Dame. Whatever you got to do, go pick him up because he seems looks like a ten year tight end. Okay, we got some numbers coming in from uh, from from the uh, viewers here. Thank you everybody who's who's popping in here. Uh, people, uh, it says here I've heard people asking if Zulu does, can fill in for safety. No. Um, anybody can fill in for safety I don't think he, I don't think that's his uh, job I, I wish we were getting Calais Campbell but no I don't think so uh, how can Quay Walker help with the pass rush no it doesn't it doesn't factor in the equation the answer is no Quay Walker is not a pass. here's what happens last year we talked about this when you've got a young player that you have to play what you start doing is you you reduce the amount of decisions that that player has to make so when you set him on a dog Right? Hey, you got a gap. You're going to pick the center, and we're going to run a game off you. You let him use his athleticism and build his confidence. So we're going to continue to do that, and he'll get better at pass right. He'll get better at everything. But when you looked at it last year, you see the confidence rise when he has less to think about. And that's not just that's literally any player in the in the league. He's just first round pick. Devondre Campbell goes down. He's actually playing more than he needs to. I'm talking about Quay Walker, right? Quay Walker needs to learn how to get off a block. When Quay Walker learns how to get off a block, he's going to be okay. We got to do some maturing. Obviously, from some of the the stuff that came out, especially during that last that last two weeks of the season, but he's going to he's a first round draft pick for a reason. Georgia guy, you know they they just do it right down there. He's going to be a good player. Wyatt, got to get your hips down. Got to become a run defender. We, I mean, you know, we have this draft and development mentality. We got to start. To, these guys will develop. Year one is hard. I don't care if you played at Georgia or not. Year one is hard. Now, could we bring a de- – a lot of guys – a lot of people are asking, can we bring a defensive tackle in in free agency? Of course. They're going to bring – I guarantee they'll bring a free agent tackle. and It's just not going to be a, na- a name guy. And it's like you bring it – so we brought in Reed. Reed does a good job. Lowry's going to go somewhere. Lowry's going to do a good job for a team. This team, my opinion, with a quarterback – you're three players away, man. Go make the make them the right three players. Don't just go backfill. Oh, we got hey, we got a lot of depth. Great. I don't, I don't care. I need difference makers. I need guys that defenses are afraid of. I need I need guys that offenses try to throw away from. Like that's what you need. That's what you need. That. That's what makes a difference. <laughs> it's, I think about six people said Rogers is only hurting his chances of winning Super Bowl by waiting this long. No doubt, no doubt. This this soap opera, um, it's unprecedented, really. If you think about it, and, and I, I'm an old head, so this this kind of stuff just didn't happen back when I was playing. So I don't, I, I understand where it's coming from. I understand the power he wields. You certainly look at other sports. You look at basketball. You look at soccer. And the power those players wield at an individual level. And you and you have to respect it in the sense that it's not going anywhere. But for me, make your peace, talk to your people. If you got family, talk to your family. You got a wife, you, you talk to your wife, you know, whoever, whoever you consult with, it doesn't take my opinion, just for me and the people I know, doesn't take this long. If they have a deal hammered out, which it says they do, then we should not have to go through this in order to make sure that we can move forward. Because right now, all the players I talked about are probably not picking up the phone. Even if Goody's looking for him, and he's probably, let's be honest, guys, he's probably not. Even if Goody's looking for him on Happy Tampering Monday, they're probably not picking up the phone because we don't overpay. We don't usually pay free agents. What Z is probably the last guy we paid? High priced. Huge pickup, right? Didn't didn't win us the Super Bowl, but he was a huge pickup, especially in year one, changed the culture of this team. When Matt LaFleur came in, anybody in that building will tell you, Z changed the culture of that team. It wasn't Matt LaFleur. Okay. It was the Baltimore Ravens mentality that he brought. Which gets me to the other point about Aaron Rodgers. I'm speculating. I do not know this. The, this, to me, is an indictment on or a, a, a proxy on what Aaron Rodgers thinks of the, the state of this team with Matt LaFleur as of right now. The play calling, the culture, the fact that we, we, we have a hard time fixing problems. That we that we continue to have the same issues pop up year after year after year. If he's actually looking for another place to go, and you're in Green Bay, Wisconsin, playing in Lambeau Field for the Green Bay Packers. Like he already, he we've had chances, of grass is greener. I'm wondering, because he had Mike McCarthy, and it didn't end well, but Mike is certainly one way. And Matt and this group seem to be another way. And he's never asked to leave before. And it just feels like it's a very interesting. I think it's a very interesting thought process or thought experiment. Why would you want to leave at this point? Unless you think that this isn't the guy that's going to get you the promised land. Okay, a couple more questions here. Uh, tight taking the first round of trouble tracker. Yeah, I know. That's I, I like we we know, and I don't think I think that's the problem is if you if you bring in a tight end first round. Well, the reason that, well, Jordan put like Kyle, is Kyle Pitts a bad player? No, but is Kyle Pitts a, a, a tight end that we want? Given what he does, he's a slot receiver. So you don't really want him. But if you bring in like a real, a Notre Dame kid, the Oregon State kid, and you teach him how to block and you teach him how to be a Rob Gronkowski or a George Kittle, okay, that can do everything. Th- those players, like whatever round you draft them in, they're all pros. It doesn't like, it doesn't matter. You fifth round, first round, I got a value. It, it, you need guys that are all like you need all pro level players at certain positions. That's one of them. Look at Kelsey, and Kelsey's not like the prototypical my kind of tight end, but you want to talk about a difference maker? I mean, holy hell! Last one here. Should we? I think Josh Myers is going to have a better year. I think switching coaches made a big difference, I think it made a huge difference. He took a step back. I'm sure he'll take a step forward this year. Um, any O-line draft players you think Green Bay have all over him? Okay, Keyshawn Nixon. This is gonna be my last point. He just he just signed with Green Bay because the we what we talked about earlier. If you got a guy you know is gonna be all pro, and I know he's second half of the season, dude, you lock him up in December. You do not let this guy get here. I am shocked that he just signed a contract. I am shocked. He just, I, if I'm him, he must've, his agent must've already said, listen, you're not, you're going to get whatever it's 3 million, four or five, whatever it is going to be. Cause he probably's thinking like, should I go play nickel somewhere else and be the nickel and the, the, the uh, return guy. He must've just gotten an indication that you, all you're going to get is like another, a couple of nickels more than you're going to get from green Bay. Just stay there. Cause you're the guy right now. And people love you because if you get to today, excuse me, If you are gay as a free agent and you just had an all pro year, pro bowl year, guys love you. People think highly of you. Dude, you're not signing back with your team. Not within the first 48 minutes. No way. Because there's a ton of guys that the problem is this is just another thing. We just got better because we just brought in an all pro return guy, but people don't value the all pro return guy. Like they value the all pro safety, which they shouldn't. But you think about how many points and how much, uh, field difference and everything that he brought to the team in the last six, seven games of the season. Arguably, the MVP of the team the last six, seven games of the season. Honestly, you think about it. I mean, for the limited amount of time he spends on the field. Huge pick. I'm so glad he just signed. It's going to be a crazy week. <laughs> Happy Tampering Monday, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. i really got nothing else to say. I'm, I'm hoping like heck that we hear that Goody brought in one of these free agents to make a difference. Again, I'm just postulating that we do not need to bring in role players right now. Take your money, go make, you know, go get a little bit more. If you can, if you can go restructure, if you can go restructure Rasul and Devondre Camp, if you can get, go pay them, give us a roster bonus right now, move their money back into another year. If you can do that and you can go sign Von Bell, do it. Go do it right now. That'll make you such a better team. Such a difference. So anyways, everyone, thanks for chill, uh, joining us. i me, Michael Sixty, right. on Twitter, Instagram, Superform page on YouTube. Happy Tampering Monday! Happy week. Talk to you soon.